Welcome to the Vital Zone Podcast for Thursday, July 16th. S&P futures are trading down about 29 points. That is about 90 basis points. Europe is off about the same amount, about 90 to 100 basis points. Asia finished in the red pretty much across the board. Mainland China was especially weak. Shanghai Comp was off 4.5%. Hang Seng was down about 2%. Um, so a couple of moving pieces this morning to run through. No one single reason why stocks are trading poorly, um, you know, but a few thoughts on the price action and, and news flow. You know, I think as far as vaccines are concerned, you know, I do think that, again, as I've been saying now for a while, I think the market is is overreacting to a lot of these very preliminary, very incomplete, and in a lot of cases, stale vaccine headlines. The Moderna news in particular, again, the news that was out yesterday, um, I'm sorry, the news that was out Tuesday night was was stale. It was two months old. And so you see these kind of market reactions that they that they continue to bid prices higher on a lot of recycled news. Um, you know, obviously that's not sustainable. And then I think too, if you just look at the dynamics of everything that's occurring, you're seeing a lot of the data sets that are hitting on a variety of different candidates, including from Pfizer, Moderna. Um, you know, we're we're apparently going to get these AstraZeneca data out formally on Monday. Multiple press reports suggest that it's the same with the with the Astra candidate as well, where these these vaccines are able to elicit a immunological response in the body as far as generating antibodies and T cells in some cases. However, it's still unclear as to whether or not those antibodies will confer immunity. And then it's still unclear as to what the duration of that immunity will be. And so those are the big questions that will be asked in the upcoming trials, which start later this month. So Moderna and Pfizer both are due to begin their phase three studies at the end of July. That will take a couple of months to get the data back in terms of whether or not the vaccines, again, these antibodies are actually conferring immunity. So in the meantime, though, you're continuing to see a metastasizing COVID crisis in the U.S. The numbers they're hitting from a lot of major states remain quite grim. Yet Texas and California out overnight. It's not just cases. It's not just because testing is increased. You are seeing positivity rates rise. You're seeing hospitalizations increase. You have multiple reports, again, about certain hospital systems being at capacity. And then unfortunately, you have fatalities are moving higher as well. Again, it's not as bad as it was in April or May in that you are seeing the healthcare system is better equipped to handle the problem. You're not going to see fatalities. The fatality rate hit the level it did back in April or May. Um, you know, the, the average age of, the, of, the, of each patient now is lower than it had been before. Nevertheless, you are going to see the case figures that have been surging since June show up in these other statistics, including in economic data. You've already seen anecdotal evidence that the economic rebound is starting to level out. Um, and as that begins to seep into other indices or other statistics, rather, the market, I believe, will start to react in a more negative fashion. Um, and again, I think the the vaccine narrative has just become wildly optimistic. And I think the market is not paying nearly enough attention as to what's occurring right now on the ground with regards to COVID. So that's kind of the main backdrop, in my opinion. As far as major news specifically for this morning, China had a lot of economic data out overnight. Their Q2 GDP was actually quite strong, nicely above the street. The investors that were paying more attention to the June figures in particular. So the June retail sales fell short of expectations. So that was underwhelming. That's one reason why China traded so poorly. June industrial production was in line with expectations. You continue to have multiple reports um, and multiple pieces of news pointing to a rapid deterioration in the relationship between the US and China. Both sides seem to be striving to keep the phase one or the appearance of a phase one agreement in place. Um, and that is why the markets have been relatively calm. 
And you had a Bloomberg article yesterday talking about how Trump was trying to keep tensions calm up until at least the election. However, the New York Times overnight dropped an article talking about how the White House is considering this sweeping travel ban on, on a host of Chinese officials. Not clear if this will actually get put into place. There are a lot of logistical questions as to how you would actually be implementing it. But just one more example about how the relationship really is you know, the worst it's been in, in decades. Um, and you continue out Pompeo, every time he speaks, he seems to be criticizing China in one regard or another. So that clearly is not helping sentiment either. That was another reason why that New York Times article, why mainland China traded poorly. On the political front, you continue to have poll figures pointing to an enormous Trump poll heading into November. So you had two national polls out, Quinnipiac and the Wall Street Journal, NBC overnight, both of them pointing to massive Biden leads. You had a poll out on Pennsylvania, which is obviously a critical swing state pointing to a massive Biden lead. Um, you know, so again, the poll numbers as of right now, if this thing were held tomorrow, Trump would lose badly. There's obviously a lot of time. Um, you know, there are a lot of time for surprises, the debates left to happen, et cetera. But as things stand, you're you're heading for a possible seismic political shift come January of next year, um, just given where the polling numbers are pointing. And again, that's another issue that the markets don't seem to pay enough attention to either. On the earnings front, you did not have much out of the U.S. last night, just Alcoa, but Alcoa had pre-announced on uh, last week. So there's really not a lot of incremental there. Internationally, you had Heineken and, and Reichmont in Europe were both disappointing. Those are weighing on staples and luxury names, respectively. Taiwan Semi out of Taiwan that hit after the Asia close was strong. Um, so solid guidance out of Taiwan Semi. Um, you know, again, I don't know if that's necessarily going to catalyze the semis a whole lot. You know, I don't think anyone's really been questioning semi fundamentals. You've had a lot of positive data points from the semis. Remember, you had ADI and Maxim both pronounced positively. Uh, earlier this week. So um, I don't know if necessarily, like I said, the Taiwan semi is going to spark a huge rally in semis because that space has already been very strong. Um, looking into the calendar for today, the ECB is expected to be a complete non-event this morning. So the focus will be on earnings. The big ones this morning in the US, Abbott, Bank America, J&J, and Morgan Stanley. And then Netflix is after the close. Um, I have a Netflix preview in the piece today. As far as the banks are concerned, you know, once you get past the the first handful of banks, all the rest of them are are relatively similar. So you know you've seen massive massive trading figures out. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs in particular were quite strong. Um, you know I think the market reaction has not been very favorable. Markets tend to place a very low multiple on trading revenue, um, just given the belief that it is unsustainable. You have had executives at J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs on their conference calls talk about how trading is not sustainable at the present levels, but they did say that. Um, it is going to stay above normal for a while. So even though you're going to see growth rates decelerate, um, you know you're decelerating from you know 120 plus percent growth in FIC numbers. And then on the credit front, credit has been the big focus for banks this season. Obviously, um, you know you are seeing massive, massive provision figures as expected, huge reserve builds on the calls. You are seeing management teams intimate that. Um, you know, the reserve building process should be coming to an end, assuming the economy unfolds according to expectations. But again, they all acknowledge that there is enormous uncertainty on the horizon. And they all acknowledge too that, and this is something Goldman talked about, um, again, kind of talking about how markets seem to be more optimistic than the actual fundamentals on the ground would justify, um, just in terms of, of where COVID cases are right now headed and, and the implications that we'll have on growth. 
Um, so that's kind of the you know the broader theme in as far as banks are concerned. We really haven't heard from many other sectors just yet. We're kind of now getting into that part of the season, and then obviously the numbers um, you know get really big into next week as far as earnings are concerned. So that is everything for today. Um, you know, my views on the market are still the same. They've been the same. Um, you know, I continue to think that my, my, you know, my big theme has been that you are going to see the COVID case surge from the start of June seep into other statistics that will weigh on sentiment. I do think you are going to see policy get less intense at the margin. Policy obviously will stay enormously accommodative. You are coming up on this fiscal cliff in the U.S. You know, there are a couple more articles out overnight again. Um, you know, just in terms of this fifth fiscal bill will be smaller in aggregate than the CARES Act and the CARES Act supplemental were, thus the cliff. Um, you know, again, you have more evidence of pointing as well to the fact that these one-time stimulus payments as well as the federal employment benefits provided an enormous boost to consumer spending over the last several months. So to the extent both of those figures get smaller in the fifth bill that obviously is going to you know create an economic headwind. All the while, you obviously have political risks on the horizon, elevated valuations, et cetera. Um, you know, what you've seen with tech, obviously, tech has been the, the sole source of market support. It has certainly wobbled as of Monday of this week. Um, you know, and to the extent that price action continues, that's obviously going to create, you know, remove a key area of support for the broader tape. Um, and then obviously my views on, on on vaccines are well known too, just as far as how the market is overly optimistic. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.